0: Hey, good morning, Spirit Church. How's everybody doing today? Hey, come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing a new song this morning. All right, come on, sing this out. Remember those walls that we call sin and shame? They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came, and he died, and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we called death and grave? They were like mountains that stood in our way. Giants are dead now This is our God This is who He is He loves us This is our God This is what He does He saves us He bore the cross heat
1: the grave Let heaven and earth proclaim This is our
0: God King Jesus Remember that fear that took our breath away Faith so weak that we could barely pray But he heard every word, every whisper Now those altars in
1: Our God, this is what He does He saves us He bore the cross, beat the grave Let heaven and earth proclaim This is our God, King Jesus
0: Who pulled me out of that pit He did, He did Who paid for all of our sin Nobody but Jesus who pulled me out of that pit he did he did who paid for all of our sins nobody but jesus who rescued me from that grave yahweh
1: yahweh who gets the glory and praise nobody but jesus who rescued me from that grave Yahweh. Yahweh, who gives the glory and praise, nobody but him. This is our God, this is who he is, he loves us. This is our God, this is what he does, he saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus. Oh, this is our God.
0: Come on, can we give him a shout of praise this morning? He's so good. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Our God is great, amen. He gives life, He gives love, He gives hope in the darkness.
1: the name above.
3: presence right now would you leave whatever it is that you're holding on to or whatever it is that you're fighting at the altar wherever you are in this place make your altar right in front of you and give it up to God right now Lord you are greater than our circumstances Lord you are mightier than any enemy we could ever face God we are declaring your victory in this place today we're declaring your victory over health we're declaring your victory over finances we're declaring your victory over family tensions we're declaring your victory over whatever enemy it is that's standing in our way here today Lord because you are worthy you are mighty you are powerful and you are all-knowing, God. You've already had the victory. You already left it on the cross. So, God, help us leave it at the altar today. Help us lay it down and say, Lord, your will be done, not my will. Let it be something where whenever we come together as a family, we come together with our eyes fixed on you, God. You are our foundation. You are the one that is greater. Lord, you're the one that is stronger. And we praise you for that today. We praise you in anticipation for your move because it's not when you or if you move, it's when you move, God. You will deliver, Lord. Let us be open to how it is that you move here today. As we continue to posture our hearts in a way that is glorifying to God, it helps us by saying the Lord's Prayer. Would you join with me in saying that this morning? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, can we give God a shout of praise in this morning? Hallelujah. I believe he's setting people free as we rejoice right now. He's, he's doing something so special in our community, and it's such an honor to be a part of it. As we continue in our service today, would you turn to your neighbor, give him a fist bump, go ahead, ask him how they're doing so far, and if they've actually bought their Father's Day gift, because that's coming up, okay, in case you forgot. Father's Day is right around the corner. I'm so excited. I have three fur babies at home, so hun, I'm really hoping that you do something really special this year, you know, Uh, I'm not a father, but my dogs make me feel like one, today we've got something so, so cool, something so special, and we know you're going to love it, but here's what's going on, if your ADHD or your ADD kicked in like mine did, during worship you were looking at the giant curtains on stage wondering what is going down, All right. Here's the thing. Today is actually graduation Sunday, so if you're a fifth grader, going to be sixth grader, you're coming to youth now. You're old. Congratulations. If you're a kid's junior member, you're now a kid's member. Congratulations. If you're in nursery, there's a chance that you're going to be in elementary school, so good luck to you. And it's going to be great, you know? It's awesome. But we're so excited for today, but not only is it graduation Sunday it's also the sunday before vbs how many of you guys are excited for vacation bible school this year at spirit church it is going to be incredible if you're not signed up to volunteer i promise you you're missing out it's going to be awesome if you need to register your kids still you have tonight right go online register them you don't want to miss it it's going to be awesome But here's the thing, you get a small taste of what's going to happen this week. Should we give it up for the puppets today? Let's go ahead, let's give it up for the puppets, let's get excited.
2: everybody, welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Letty, and we're so glad you're here. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family and we'd love to connect. If you're here in person, you can use this QR code on the screen next to me to fill out your Connect card or your new guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out by going to spirit.church slash connect or spirit.church slash guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, please don't feel any pressure to give. Instead, let this service be our gift to you. But if you're here and you want to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online on our website by going to spiritchurch/give, Or, as always, you can give on your Spirit Church app. Spirit Church, thank you for helping us share love, joy, and peace. Now I've got a few announcements for you. If you're signed up to serve at VBS, please join us this afternoon at 1215 in the kids' room for a short meeting. We'll go over everything you need to know and answer any questions you may have. We are so excited for our Kitty Park Day on June 17th from 9 to 11 a.m. This day is for all foster and adoptive families in our community, as well as all Spirit Church families. Admissions and rides are free, but the concession stand will have snacks available for purchase. We just want to bless you and your family with this fun day. And lastly, tonight is Bring Your Parent to Youth Night from 530 to 730. We want to give parents an opportunity to see how we are growing and discipling our students, and we hope you can join us. Spirit Church, you're the best. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get out our message notes as Pastor Jason comes to begin our new message series, Tell Me Why.
1: You are my father.
4: Let's give it up for Pastor Daniel, the boy band, Emily up there with him and Corinne. Now, y'all aren't supposed to know that song, first of all but it's gonna be stuck in your head all day long, and there's a real specific reason why, and we'll talk about it here in just a minute. Thanks for being here. My name is Jason, Robin's my wife, and she's sitting right there, and we'd love to see you in the Welcome Center. We've got two resources available for you today as you leave, or maybe you got it as you came in. The first is right inside the portals there, at the doors where you come in. It's our Pray for America guide. This starts tomorrow morning. We're praying for America all the way up until July the 5th. How many believe our nation needs prayer? Amen? And how many are going to say, I'm not going to complain or gripe or post on Facebook. Instead, I'm going to pray to the Heavenly Father. Amen? I didn't get a lot of hands on that one come on I need more participation than that yeah so we're gonna pray this is a prayer guide we're gonna be praying for a month for our nation and it's got specific prayer points for each day that you can pray for starting this Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. I'll be here in the worship center would love to pray with you if you could be here at 7 a.m. we will pray together corporately if you can't be here at 7 that's totally fine that's why we're giving you the prayer guide but set aside time each day to pray also through this series and through last month, we are, we are not ashamed. We are emphasizing the Holy Spirit as the church in general, not just Spirit Church, but the church in general. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. The Holy Spirit is God. Amen? And so we have this magazine from our national office. It's called Pentecostals. It talks about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It talks about how the Holy Spirit guides us. It helps you as a parent talk to your teenager or your child about who the Holy Spirit is and the work that He does in and through us. This is a fantastic resource. So this one... The blue wall that says love, joy, and peace, this is on tables right in front of that wall. I encourage you to get one. We'll have them available this week and next week until we run out. And then these prayer guides are available right as you leave the door. Make sure you grab that because Pastor D said it so well a few weeks ago on Mother's Day. The enemy is scared of a praying, unified church. And that's what we're going to be is a praying, unified church. We're going to fight back the enemy, not in our strength or our power, but in the power of God Almighty. He's the one who does the work for us. Have you noticed that he's attacking more now than ever? And it's summertime and it'd be like, you know what, we can shrink back. We can kind of be marginal. We don't have to get as involved or as engaged. That's a lie. That's a lie. That is Satan trying to curse us with complacency. And complacency is going to kill a generation. We're going to raise up a standard of praise and of worship and of prayer against Him. We're going to be people of the Word. We're going to be people of prayer. And we're going to be people of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. That's what God has called us to do. So this series is called Tell Me Why. And I thought about changing it, but then Pastor Daniel and Emily and Corinne on stage with that music video, I mean, there was no way, you know, Robin and I, we prayed about the messages last October, God showed me this series for June, and the the phrase came into my mind, tell me why, and I I went to Gabby one day uh, last month, and I said, we gotta change it, I mean, that's... We can't, we can't do that song, that tell me what, ain't nothing. I mean, we're not supposed to know that song, right? And we already did a Grease song this morning. We weren't allowed to watch Grease. I looked at Robin. I said, did you ever see them? He said, I wasn't allowed to watch that movie. So, you know, anyways. <laughs> anyways, I like how I was like, you're the one that I want. Jesus, ooh, ooh, ooh. We've got to be people who understand what we believe and why we believe it. We used to live in a day and age where we could say, Because I said so. But those days are gone. Those days are long gone. I remember a few years ago when I was still a youth pastor, I took students to a youth camp, and we had a new director of the camp. His name was Doug Everard, great friend of Robin and I, he and Jill. It was his first camp to lead. And one of the first things that you get to do at camp, everybody's full of excitement and energy, they're so happy to be at camp, is you sit everybody down and you tell them, don't throw rocks and don't sneak out of your dorm, and don't do this, and don't do that, and I mean, it is just a a killjoy, but we live in a sue-happy society where they wanna take you to court over anything and everything, and then when you get to court, they say, did you specifically say, don't throw rocks? And then we can say, yes, we said don't throw rocks, but they should know that, but you know, these are the kind of people that you have to put on the cup. The coffee you're going to drink is hot. Thank you, I would have never known that, right? Doug was so good at what he did, though, he took time with our students, and he explained why we did certain things and why we didn't do certain things, and as a church, we have to be good at equipping ourselves and the next generation why we believe and practice certain things that we do. For a long time, we were just expected to know stuff, and we were in trouble when we didn't, but... God really gives us some direction and clarity on this, that we're supposed to know what we believe and be able to articulate why we believe it. And, and the basis of this comes from our in-the-vault text. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want to invite you to stand with me. This is going to be our in-the-vault text. All throughout the month of June. We believe in placing the Word of God in the vault of our hearts. We believe so strongly in the Word of God. We affirm it so much. And, and this is what it says. Let me read it to you first, if that's okay, and then I'm gonna invite you to read it with me in just a second. We're gonna work on this verse all month long, and then the last day of this month is gonna be check-in Sunday, where you can quote your verse at a quotation station, and we'll we'll reward you for that good behavior and encourage you to keep memorizing scriptures together. You may not have memorized any of the verses yet this year, and that's totally cool today is a new day this is this is the fourth of june it's the start of a new month this is a great opportunity and you probably have heard this one before here's what it says work hard so you can present yourself to god and receive his approval be a good worker one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth if you were like me you grew up memorizing this verse who who rightly divides the word of truth anybody grew up in that generation and, and heard it that way And then I like this last verse, avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Somebody say, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, he might meddle today, but I'm not going to meddle today, we're just going to preach the word. That's what we do, we just believe in the power of scripture and we just preach the word. Would you say this verse with me? Come on, one, two, three. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Would you pray with me? Father, your word is powerful and it is life-giving. Your word challenges us. Your word changes us. Your word makes us more like you. So this morning, as I speak, would your Holy Spirit fill this room, not my voice. Would your Holy Spirit speak directly to our hearts the message that we need to hear? Would you guide and direct us in your truth and in your path? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. You and I as Christians have to be people who can correctly explain the word of truth as the verse on the Bible says. That word truth there used to just mean truth, but now it's being criticized, it's being sabotaged, God's truth is being attacked on a perpetual basis. So during the summer, the months of June and July, we're going to discuss truths from the Bible. Now our vision for 23, 2023, and 2024 as a church is that we would reach one more for the kingdom of God. But as we share the love and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ with the least, the last, and the lost, We would reach them, and one of the ways that we reach one more is by being able to not defend the truth. The truth can defend itself, but being able to explain the reason behind the hope that we have. In fact, if I'm being faithful to my role as pastor, Ephesians chapter 4 says that this is my job. Let me show it to you. It says these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So if I'm being a good pastor, my job is to equip you and to build you up in your faith. If I'm the only one who's doing the ministry, if I'm the only one who's going out and sharing my faith, if I'm the only one who is explaining why we believe and what we believe, I'm failing at my job. My job, my role, according to the Bible, is to equip you to do God's work and to build you up so that we can see it accomplished together. Let me give you the number one reason why we're doing a series called Tell Me Why. The number one reason why we have a puppet stage on our platform this morning is because we love and value the next generation. We love and value the next generation. And when I was younger, nobody taught me this stuff. I've been in church my whole life, but nobody taught me. There was a lot of things that I was just supposed to know, but nobody told me why we did it that way or why we believed that way. So we're going to use these summer months to equip you, to build you up in your faith. Next week, we're going to emphasize why or we're going to talk about why we emphasize the Holy Spirit so much. Two weeks from today, we're going to talk about why we tithe and why we give. I know I'm supposed to tithe, but I don't know why. I just do it. Wouldn't it be great if we could explain why we did things we do? And three weeks from today, we're going to talk about why do we do churchy things like baptize people in water, like receive communion, like pray the Lord's prayer together. We're just going to put some flesh behind our beliefs but this week I want to preach a message that God has laid on my heart and the reason I say God has laid it on my heart is because I would not have come up with this on my own today I want to talk to you about our hands I've never heard a message about hands in my life ever and as I said I've been in church my whole life in fact the the closest thing to a sermon about hands that I heard was this one this is the church and this is the steeple and open the doors And here's all the people that's all I was ever taught as I run into my table about hands that's all I ever knew but hands are a really big part of church when you think about it we shake hands we give a high five or a fist bump we clap our hands in worship we're told to lift our hands as we sing to God or to take somebody by the hand and pray with them or to lay a hand on them as we pray over them why are hands such a big deal and why do we do some of the things we do with regard to our hands so let's just break it down one at a time first thing this morning is why do we shake hands and the short answer is right here on the screen for you it's because we are created for fellowship God said it's not good for a man to be alone and he said that for many reasons I thought I'd get more amends for the women on that one Right, God said it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be in isolation. We are created for fellowship and to live with one another. Romans chapter 15, in verse 5, Paul writes it this way, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together, not separate, but that together, you may with one voice, not multiple voices, one voice, Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 7 says this, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. One of the things Robin and I love to do is to go to the Welcome Center after service. And we go in there, these precious people, and some of you will do it today, come in and, and greet us. And, and man, that's courageous to come in the Welcome Center and say, Hey, I, I'm new and I want to know why you're so weird and I want to talk to you and get to know you. But, but time after time when people see me in the Welcome Center, do you know the number one phrase we hear? This place feels like home that's the number one thing people tell us is this place feels like home and one of our goals as a church is that everyone who drives onto this campus experiences god's love in a worship experience we want them to feel the love of god as they worship him and the the amazing worship music takes wasn't worship amazing this morning The amazing do you know there's two musicians that are hiding out behind the puppet stage yeah there's a piano claire's back there and stephen is back there playing a guitar I'm I'm serious. You can see them for where we're sitting, but y'all over there didn't even know there's people back there playing playing instruments. We want people to encounter God's love as they worship Him, but we also want them to encounter God's love through fellowship and through community and through connection. Many of us in this room have forgotten what it feels like to be new at church. I know I have. On Wednesday of this week, Ryan and I found out, my son, that Pastor D was going to be preaching at a church nearby. And so we jumped in the car and we raced down there. And I was excited until I pulled in the parking lot and then I was nervous. What is this like? I haven't done this in a long time where I don't know people and I don't know where to go or where to sit or what to do or what do I do with my hand. I mean I was I was nervous. I had forgotten what it felt like to be new at church. But can I tell you that I was greeted at the door by somebody smiling. There was a handshake that was offered to me. There were people to show me where to sit. I was made to feel comfortable, and we encountered the presence of God in, in large part because of how comfortable and welcomed we felt when we came into the room. Now, for those of you who say that's just the job of the greeters, you're wrong. That's the responsibility of all of us. That's why we take time to turn around and say hi. That's why we greet one another as we're getting a cup of coffee, as we're milling about in the commons because fellowship and connection are so important. Our greeter team's having a meeting at two o'clock today and they're talking about handshakes and hugs and high fives and smiles and kind words and they're talking about and emphasizing the fact that connection is powerful We are created for fellowship and for connection. When you study the early church in Acts chapter 2 after Jesus had left and the day of Pentecost came and a church exploded full of people, look at what happened. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What's the second thing there? To fellowship. And they shared in meals together because any time you go to church, there ought to be food right? And including the Lord's Supper, that's communion, and to prayer. So what was the focus of their time together? It was learning God's word, it was praying together, but it was also community and connection. They needed that connection. It was so vital and so powerful. We're challenged by the word of God in Psalm 133 to make unity a priority in our lives. It says how wonderful and how pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. That word harmony there can also be translated Unity And unity requires connection oftentimes through an extended hand, through a welcome, through a greeting. But unity also requires compassion through a tamed tongue. Now this is a little bit extra because here's why. When I extend my hand to somebody, I never just extend my hand and don't say anything. I usually have a smile on my face. I usually have a word that I'm offering them. I'm giving them a fist bump. I'm giving them a high five. I'm, I'm saying something to them in love or in kindness, and there's a link between our hands and our words. In the month of September, we're gonna study the book of James together as a church family, and it talks a lot about taming our tongues, but let me just take you quickly back to what our in-the-vault text said this morning, that last verse, verse 16. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godly behavior, so when I'm greeting somebody, when I'm welcoming someone, I'm offering them connection and fellowship, and I'm speaking encouragement over them and to them. How many know we need more encouragement spoken over us, not less? We hear plenty enough negative all throughout the week and and everything that we read and everything that we see. We're going to hear enough crummy bad stuff. We need more life-giving words, more encouraging words, more positive words spoken over us. We have to be people who speak love, joy, and peace. In fact, Jesus commands us to do this in John chapter 13, verse 34. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you should love each other. And then this last line is the one that makes you go, "Mm." your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Will prove that we're his disciples. So why do we shake hands? Because we're created for fellowship and because unity proves that we're his disciples. Here's the second thing about hands this morning. Why do we clap our hands and why do we lift our hands? Well, it's simply because we are created to worship. We're created to worship God. Our our lives are an expression of worship to Him. Psalm 95, verses 1 through 3 say this, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praise to Him. Why? For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. In the Old English, that word worship was actually rendered or translated worth-ship. "worthship." worth worthship. And when we were worshiping him, we were declaring that he is worthy. And, and let me pause for just a second before we go much further in this discussion on worship. Because when we worship, uh, we can worship in the way that we do our work. We can worship in the way that we serve his kingdom. We worship when we give To the Lord, some of you will recognize the name A.W. Tozer, famous theologian, pastor, and writer, and he said these words: "True worship is to be so personally and hopelessly in love with God that the idea of a transfer of affection never even remotely exists." That phrase has been floating around in my mind all week. A transfer. Of affection. What does that mean? That means that I'm so hopelessly and personally devoted to Jesus that I can't give my love to anyone other than him. I can't care for anyone or anything more than him. I can't possibly love anyone more than I love him. A transfer of an affection, it's its an interesting phrase, and, and I know in my life I, I'm guilty of it because sometimes all of us, we express ourselves so freely in every other aspect of life, but we're so reserved in our worship of God. Let me explain it by telling on myself. Yesterday I was at uh, Adam's golf course with Ryan, my son. I was hole number 16. It's a par three, which means you're supposed to get it in the hole in three shots. usually takes me about 47 Um But there's water that you have to hit it over. And so I took uh, my three hybrid from my golf friends out there. I barely teed it up, and I smacked it. And Ryan said, it looks good, Dad. And I said, no, I'm in the water. I think I'm going in the water. I'm donating this one. He said, I'm not sure. Well, wouldn't you know it? I cleared the water just barely, landed on, hang on, hang on, it's getting better. Hang on, hang on. That's just my first stroke. Then I chipped up on the green using my A wedge, my approach wedge, that's two, and then I thought, there's no way I'm going to make this putt. I walked up to it. Wouldn't you know, I dropped a par putt on hole number 16. There you go. Now cue the pot. And that's what I did. I got demonstrative, and I got excited because I actually made a par. For those of you who have never played golf, you have no idea what a big deal that is. It's like amazing because my golf ball went in the hole and not in the water. It's like a radical, I was like, that can happen to me? And it did. Robin and I have started playing racquetball at the Y. And the problem is she took racquetball in college as a class. And she's a math science education major at TCU, which means she understands geometry and how a ball can bounce off a wall. And I just know how to hit it real hard. And this week, she crushed me with a shot. I mean, she hit it mm, right off the base of the wall. It's called a kill shot. And, and you got a little demonstrative. I mean, <laughs> mm, she kind of flexed on me a little bit right there because she got the kill shot in, right? And, and she did. And, and then, you know, right now, we've got all these college baseball and softball games that are going on, and people are shouting and hollering and clapping, and, and they're whistling, and they're getting, they're getting excited. Now, listen, here's the point. Today in worship, my goal was not to uh, be more excited than I was at a par three yesterday. My goal was not to be more excited than we were on a racquetball court or while watching a softball game. My goal in worship was to express how hopelessly in love with God that I am. Sometimes we get beat up and say, oh, you cheer better for your team than you do for God. No, 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 it's not a competition. I'm so hopelessly in love with God that nothing else matters. Like those other things are superficial. When I get to heaven, nobody's going to care if I made a par three, but they are going to care if my son makes it. And so we've got to distinguish things that are really important. And when you're hopelessly in love with someone, especially with God, you don't care what other people think. And I've had to overcome this in my own life because I don't know if you noticed, but I have long gangly arms and please don't look at me in worship because it's not pretty. But I don't care what you think about how I worship. And I mean that kindly. I don't care what you think about how I worship. It's ugly and it's bad, but it's my worship of my creator. And today, my shirt's tucked in too tight and this is as high as my arms will go. <laughs> and so this is the best I can do. It's because of the microphone wire coming out of the back. Because I want them to go all the way up but it'll force the shirt and that's a bad you know, look too. And Tim Hawkins does that whole comedian bit about my fish was this big and why, and the whole, look, I'm hopelessly in love with Jesus. And, and I raise my hands and I clap my hands and I lift my voice because I want him to receive the best of my worship. I wanna glorify him with my whole being, with all that I am. And when I get too self-centered, I put worship on the backstage and I make it about me. Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 15, verse eight. And this is a harsh verse but he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. He's talking about rules and commandments that they made up, but you know, so many times we can sing a song with our lips, but we don't live in a way that honors him with our lives. And Jesus says that worship is more than our lips or our voices, that true worship emanates from or comes from or begins in our heart. It's a heart that's been redeemed. It's a heart that desires Christ alone. It's a heart that remains close to God, and our hearts are the biggest part of our worship, but our hands play a role as well. We're encouraged biblically to clap and to shout joyfully. Now, before I dive too far, I know some of you cannot clap on beat, and the people around you know that too, okay? Now, listen, I'm going to help you with this. Most songs go, one, two, three, four. If you're Mexican like Ivan, you clap on one, And three, if you're not Mexican, like me, you clap on one, two, three, four. I've just confused everybody with that, haven't I? Yeah, if if you don't know how to clap on beat, you can also do this. And so you don't have to, yeah, or you can have your wife tap you on the leg. And yes, I am inferring that most men can't clap on beat when I say that. But okay, let's just get to the word. That's enough of that psalm 47 verses 1 and 2 what does the bible say about clapping our hands come most of y'all come people who can clap on beat come everyone clap your hands shout to god with joyful praise for the lord most high is awesome he is the great king of all the earth we're also encouraged to lift our hands psalm 134 oh praise the lord all you servants of the lord you who serve at night in the house of the lord lift your hands toward the sanctuary and praise the lord first timothy 2:8. in every place of worship I want men, we can include women there, I want men and women to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. So why do we clap and why do we lift our hands? Because we are created to worship God and he deserves our best praise. He's worthy of it. Here's the third thing this morning. Why do we lay our hands on people? When we pray for them, why do we put our hands on them? Why do we lay hands on them? Because we believe in God's blessing and in God's power. And when you study scripture, you see that God's blessing and God's power often come through a point of contact. When you look at the early church that we were talking about a minute ago, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost, 5,000 people are saved, the church is growing rapidly, and they realize we need more help, we need more leadership in the church. And so in Acts chapter 6, the disciples lay their hands on seven men and commission them to go help serve in the church. We see it again in Acts chapter 13 in verse number two. It says, One day the men were worshiping the Lord, and they were fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work which I have called them. Now pause before I read that last part. Did you see the part where it said, The Holy Spirit said? We just did a whole teaching series on how the Holy Spirit can guide us. We've got to tune in to the voice of the Spirit. They were doing it in Acts chapter 13. It works for us today. The Holy Spirit said, Appoint them... So after more fasting and more prayer, the men laid their hands on them and they sent them on their way. They commissioned them for the work that God had called them to. The laying on of hands was for this commissioning, but it was also for the miraculous. When Jesus was here on earth and he was ministering, he would heal people in a variety of ways. Sometimes Jesus would just speak and they would be healed. He would say, go in peace, your daughter is healed. He would say, your faith has healed you and they would be healed. Sometimes, and I'm glad he didn't do this to me, he would spit into the dirt and make mud and put it on people's eyes. And he would tell them to go wash and be healed. Sometimes he would tell them to go dip in a pool of water and they would be healed of their sins. Sometimes Jesus would say, because of the faith of your friends who lowered you through a roof, you're healed. Sometimes Jesus would say, because of your faith, you're healed but many times jesus would lay his hands on someone and god's healing power because jesus is god would flow through him to them luke chapter 13 is a great example of this it says in luke chapter 13 and verse 10 one sabbath day as jesus was teaching in the synagogue he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit she had been bent double or bent over double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight When Jesus saw her, he called her over and he said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Look what it says. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand up straight how she praised God. Now, in doing this, Jesus broke all kinds of Jewish laws of those days. Number one, he touched a woman, which a rabbi, a religious holy man, was never supposed to touch a woman who was not his wife. Number two, he had the audacity to heal somebody on a church day. God forbid that we should let the power of God move when we come together at church, but that would be considered work to heal somebody, and Jesus wasn't allowed by the law to heal people on the Sabbath day. But stories like this remind me of the love of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the love of Jesus? A love that breaks barriers and meets us where we are. A love that is willing to touch us when we're deemed untouchable. And so for me personally, when I lay hands on someone and I pray for them, I'm connecting with them and I'm saying and signifying to them that I am with them, but more than that, that God is with them, that God loves them. How much more when Jesus was laying his hands on people, was he identifying with people and with their pain, but saying, God Almighty is here with you in this moment. And throughout Scripture, we see where the laying on of hands represented the way that God would move or work through people. That it was an acknowledgment that God was working in that moment. In fact, Luke chapter 5 is another example of that. Verse number 12, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. And when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him i am willing jesus said be healed and instantly the leprosy disappeared i mean we we thought it was bad in covid when we were supposed to say six feet away from people in those days with leprosy they they had to live in different cities They, they weren't even welcomed in in fact if they got anywhere near people would start screaming unclean imagine that you show up somewhere minding your business and people see you and start screaming about how dirty you are but this guy had had enough (laughs) he couldn't take it any longer and he went to jesus and jesus didn't shout unclean jesus declared you are healed and he put his hand on him nobody would have done that but jesus touches people who are untouchable he loves people who are unlovable. He heals people whose society declares are unhealable. So why do we lay hands on people? Because we believe in God's blessing and we believe in God's power. It's with our hands that we provide connection and, and unity to people who need it. It's with our hands that we glorify and we worship God as we're reminded of his greatness. It's with our hands that we pray for our brothers and our sisters and we believe in his miracle working power. And today, I need you to know that Jesus, the Jesus who touched a woman and healed her on a Sabbath day, the Jesus who touched a leper that nobody else would touch, is willing to touch you. And what does that mean, Jesus is willing to touch me? What does that phrase even mean? That means that Jesus wants to make you aware of his love. That Jesus wants to remind you of his forgiveness. That Jesus wants to heal your body and wants to meet you right where you are. And if you'd be so kind to bow your head this morning with me, Jesus is here in this room, and he loves you. And he is extending his hand to you now. My question is, would you be willing to reach out and take his hand? Would you be willing to say yes to Jesus? You say, oh, no, no, I've, I've sinned, I'm dirty, I've done too much, I've been too bad. Oh, you mean you're like a leper? Well, Jesus touches lepers. No, you don't understand. I don't qualify for the love of Jesus. Oh, you mean it's a Sabbath day and you're a lady that's not supposed to be touched? You're the perfect candidate to receive the love of Jesus today. Today we say yes to Jesus. We just acknowledge that He's the Lord and Savior of our lives and today might be the first time you've said yes to Jesus or today this message may have reminded you that that God hasn't changed but you've walked away from him you're different you're not the same person that you used to be I want to remind you that God is faithful and he is the same and his arms of love that were extended to a leper and to a to a lady that was hurt and was broken are extended to you And I have no intention of embarrassing you. I simply want to pray for you. But this morning, if you would like to say yes to Jesus, whether today's your first time or you're just making things right between yourself and the Lord, would you just slip a hand up and say, yeah, that's me. Pray for me. I want to touch Jesus today. Thank you. Thank you for hands that have already gone up. Thank you. Thank you. I'm seeing hands go up across the room. Thank you for those who have courageously lifted your hands to the Lord. We bless you, Lord. Anyone else that you'd like to lift your hand? Thank you. There was another hand that went up. Thank you for those who are courageous. Thank you. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So those of you who slipped up your hand, those of you who are watching online, we're going to pray a prayer of confession now. You've, you've said I believe by lifting a hand, but now we're going to confess him as Savior and Lord. I wonder if all of us in this room would say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Would you stand to your feet and would you give God praise for the work that he has done? Come on, we can clap our hands. We can lift our hands. We can rejoice in who he is. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. In just a second, our team's gonna lead us in this chorus of God really loves us, but if you said yes to Jesus, would you take a moment just to text that word yes to 918-766-9117. Let us know about what God's doing in your life. And if you're comfortable, could we lift our hands and just praise him for a moment? We bless you Jesus. We bless
1: And hallelujah We are now...
4: is so great this morning we're almost done but there's one bonus point that I want to share with you as we close this morning why do we anoint people with oil the reason we anoint people with oil is simply stated because we believe that God works through us James chapter 5 verse 13 says this are any of you suffering hardships you should pray are any of you happy you should sing praises are any of you sick You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So, the Bible tells us that when we anoint people with oil, it does a couple of things. Number one, it encourages the faith of the sick person that they're not alone, but that God is with them, and that God is healing them, and that God is touching their body. It encourages them that someone from the church is now connected to their need. It encourages fervent prayer on behalf of the elders in the church body who is believing God for them. It reminds them that somebody is connecting with their need and continuing to pray for them and that God is present and God is real. But let me be honest, it's just olive oil. There's no power in the oil. It's just symbolic of God's presence, of God's healing, of God's miracle-working power so as we close this morning, we're going to be faithful to the word of God. I want the prayer team and I want our elders, our pastors, our deacons to come down front. They're going to be positioned here in the front, ready to pray for you this morning. And we're going to do exactly what the Bible says. We're going to pray with you. Our elders have oil and they're going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And if you're sick, we believe that God is going to touch you and he's going to make your body well. That's all we're doing is just trusting the Bible. You know what God said in Isaiah 53? He said, my word will not return void. It accomplishes exactly what I intend it to. So Dan's going to keep leading us in this song. And if you're sick in body, If you need a touch from God, if you'd like somebody to connect with you and pray with you, this prayer team is available and we'd love to pray with you, to agree with you. Our elders would love to anoint you with oil and to trust God for a work in his body. You say, but if I step out, what are people gonna think? They're gonna think you need a touch from God. That's what they're gonna think. And you know what's gonna happen? God's gonna touch you. He's gonna touch you because he can't lie. His word is true. As Dan leads us, just start making your way down here. If you don't, the Bible says if you're happy, sing songs of praise to the Lord. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be faithful to the text. Let's just be obedient to his word this morning.
0: I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh how he loves me. I've got a My strength, He is my portion. With me in the valley, with me in the fire, with me in the storm.
3: to get distracted by me being on stage or anything like that. I want us to focus in. I want us to press into the presence of the Lord. Don't be deterred by us dismissing. If you want more of Jesus, rest in his presence. Come be anointed with oil. Come receive prayer. Don't let this be your exit strategy. Let this be a moment where you get to decide if it's time for you to walk out or if it's time for you to press in, okay? Just a few things to put on your radar tonight. We do have the parent, uh, the parent bring your parent to youth night, if I can say that. We do have bring your parent to youth night, and this is going to be an amazing opportunity. If you have students sixth through twelfth grade, we'd love to see you there. However, we will not have childcare available for the rest of your family. With that being said, if you want to just bring one, that's great. If you want to find childcare, that's awesome. We want you to experience what your students experience on a weekly basis. In addition to that, we have a greeters meeting that is meeting today, I believe it's right after, at 2 2, o'clock, 2.30, 2.30. And so, 2 o'clock, I lied, I'm so sorry, 2 to 3. So if you want to come and you want to be a greeter, you should come and check it out. If you're already a greeter, this meeting is for you. Be here at 2 o'clock, 2 to 3 p.m., okay? And last things, the final thing I have to say, VBS is this week. If you want to sign your kids up, go online, get them registered, because God is going to do some incredible things in this next generation. They are going to take the word of God to times and places that we will never see. So let's begin to invest in them. Let's sow those seeds so they can grow, okay? As we leave today, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all. So if you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.